what is up and welcome back to 24 minutes of a 24 the podcast that takes a look at the a 24 library 24 minutes at a time i am ethan simmy and i'm ben lawhorn this week on the pod we are taking a break from chick sexing to talk about a24's 2020 release minari i had to be very careful how i worded that i was like i don't know if this is like accurate but i think it is so i didn't read uh, the notes uh, before we started and so that was the first time i knew that was coming that was awesome um yeah that was great quick (laughs) a semi-autobiographical take on chung's upbringing the plot follows a family of south korean immigrants who tried to make it in the rural united states during the 1980s warning spoilers are ahead for minari the uh 2020 Best Picture nominee from Mm -hmm. A24. This is really exciting. We put out another vote this week, and this is something we did last week as well, how we got, uh, you know, picked eighth grade to cover on the pod. Put out another poll this week. Um, We did Minari. You you wanted Minari. I put On the Rocks because I wanted a Sofia Coppola film. And then we put How to Talk to Girls at Parties because that's been suggested to us in the past. 50% of people voted for Minari. So here we are, Ben. We're talking about Minari. Um, We're going to talk general thoughts. We're going to get into everything. First and foremost, I just want to say, how come you didn't prepare me? How come you didn't warn me what was coming? I was blind, and I, I, ah, it was so much. It is it is a lot, and I think that's just the best way to go into it, is just completely blind. Like, it is such a powerful movie, just wonderful performance by Steven Yeun. Like, I did not expect... The first time I saw this and continually, but I just like didn't expect to get hit as hard as I did. So it's, it's a great movie. Also, I just want to say for the 50% of you that voted to watch this movie, I picked this movie in the A24 draft and somehow ended up with like 3% of the vote. So I don't know where the fuck you guys were when I picked Minari. And they I abandoned you. Vote. Yeah, they abandoned me. It's like, oh, Minari, no way. And then it's like, oh yeah, actually I should talk about that. So anyways. <laughs> I'm coming back for redemption on our next draft. Look, this is how it is. People voted for it now because they hadn't seen it when you drafted it. And they're like, oh, shit, we gotta, they got to cover it on the pod. Yeah. And then next time when we go another draft, Minari, people are like, yes, that's the I'm, one. I'm coming for the title, Jade. <laughs> coming for it. Keep um, it warm for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this is an excellent, excellent movie. Um, nominated for six Academy Awards, which is absolutely impressive. This was kind of right before I really got into movies. And I, and I remember um, Yoo Joon Yoon winning Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actress and being like, that's incredible. She looks super cute. And like her Oscar reel that was like 15 seconds was really good. Um, yeah. and, and I really liked it. Um, but th- this, I was kind of like outside of the hype. Did, did you watch this during that time period? Because I know this is the second time you've seen this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it uh, before then. So I, Lee Isaac Chung, who this is based off of, um, he and I graduated from the same college, the University of Utah. Ben, you just dropped um, that shit on me mid pod. That's insane. Right <laughs> so I feel I think, like obviously we have like taken very different trajectories on our life, but like we are both Utes. Um, so I was super excited oh, nice. to see this. Um, I think I think it's a great movie, and I'm I'm always like hyped for the Oscars. So as much as I can prep for it, I try to watch as much as I can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think this, you know, fell into that. Her acceptance speech was like just beautiful and charming and awesome. Like she's fantastic. And I just want to say like throughout the whole campaign, the awards thing, Alan Kim might be like the cutest kid that's ever existed. Oh like he was just like <laughs> so nice. I forget what it was. If it was like the 
Golden Globes or something, but he like I think he started crying, you know, and they were like, because um, I think he was still, uh, you know, doing it over Zoom or whatever. So he was mm-hmm. at home, something like that. But um, I think he got nominated. I don't remember all the details, but I just he was just such a cute kid. It's so fun to see him on the awards trail. Um, and he was great in this movie too. He's, I mean, this whole cast is fantastic, but, um, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. He, he's special. So it was nominated for best picture, best director, best original score, best original screenplay, best actor in Steven Yoon and uh, best supporting actress, which it did win for Yoon Yoon, uh, Yoon Jun Yoon. And that was incredible. She was the first Korean to win an Academy Award for acting, which is insane. She's like yeah. 70 years old and, um, just is uh, phenomenal in this movie. Um, I will say in talking about the Oscars and talking about the the future in the Academy, stay tuned to the pod. We've got some special stuff upcoming. I don't want to give Indeed. away too much, but too much. stay tuned. 2023 is going to be really fun here on the podcast. Um, okay, let's get into this. Let's start talking about it. Uh, we'll do true cinemas and just work our way through this movie. Um, because I, I, I just, I finished it. I did split it up into two nights, which I feel like is not the right way to go about this movie in particular. Um, but I will, I will preface this and I will say, Ben, we, you have graciously, and I think I've mentioned it here on the pod before, you've graciously allowed me access to your almost 1,000 movie library on Vudu, mm-hmm. um, which is incredible. And I went to go fire up Minari on Vudu. You have it. And I clicked play. And I will say, Someone, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying someone on your account paused it or ended it or stopped watching it at an exceptionally pivotal moment oh, no. when the farm catches on fire. Oh, and no. <laughs> that was the first thing I saw. Oh, and I damn. and I immediately paused it and I was like, fucking, oh my God, I can't believe I saw this. And I rewound all the way. Now you would think that I would be like, okay, I already know how this is going. Like their farm's going to burn. Mm. So what? It made it worse because I knew it was coming. I didn't know Ooh. when. I didn't know how. I didn't You're know waiting. what was going to take place in the time to get there. And I had no idea the trajectory of the family and the couple and the grandma and everything was going to happen. So you made my experience much more intense and, <laughs> and honestly, um, way more emotionally impacting. So thank you and, and not thank you at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think, like, <laughs> I think that would have made Enemy such a more different watch if I had oh seen my the last God. clip of the spider and then just, like, <laughs> watching the whole movie. I'm like, wait, when the fuck does this thing show up? Like, <laughs> I feel like that would have been the same thing. I just would have been, like, on pins and needles waiting for this thing to happen. So, that, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, okay, first true cinema moment, moving into their house. This is obviously pivotal. Um, They're moving in here, and it is... It is something the father wants. It is not something the mother wants. And you get that message very clearly right away. Did that, did that like kind of emotional divide, did that work for you uh, right out of the gate? You kind of see the split um, kind of wants of them right there? I think it does for sure because it kind of helps create some tension while they're like the whole yeah. family's embarking on this new adventure. Um, it's not necessarily like copacetic between everybody. You know, there's like a little bit of the difference uh, in how they feel about this and how they see it going mm-hmm. um obviously steven young is just very uh i don't know if he's hard-headed or determined however you want to mm-hmm. like but he's like i'm gonna have a farm like this is you know what we're gonna do kind of thing um and i just still think of the visual of her like having to be helped up into the house before they have the steps built so like super cool scene um and i think their dynamic is great yeah and this is really kind of in that Air, like that aura of of last black man in San Francisco of like a the a twenty four that you've been talking about here on the podcast recently of like they they sit with it and they give you very cinematic visuals and the score is absolutely mesmerizing 
this really falls into that category like right away. So I was I was really impressed with that, and I, I love that about this, and especially considering the setting is very cinematic in general, yeah. and like and you know, and in, in kind of what you can get from the earth and around you, and faith and determination, all of these like very lofty themes that it's trying to kind of ta- tackle and talk about. Um, the next one on the list here, I have um, arguing over the tornado watch. This is really the first moment where we're like, okay, this maybe this wasn't a good idea. Like maybe mm-hmm. this is this is really splitting their marriage, and they've obviously had fights like this before and the kids have had to deal with this before. They obviously, they have a coping mechanism of making the air, the paper airplanes and that say yeah. don't, don't fight and like throwing it at them. And that's exceptionally sad and really yeah. hard to watch knowing that this is the dad's dream. This is what he wants to do. And this is what he considers needs to be done for the family. Yeah. It's like, it's a real testament, I guess, to the storytelling and how, uh, everyone's like intention is good, but it's like, how do you go about accomplishing that? Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the dad's wanting to like provide for the family, all that kind of stuff, but the mom's also maybe being more pragmatic about it. It's like, what if this isn't successful kind of thing, you know, like, is it's not the place for us to be. And then just seeing the kids, how they're dealing with it all. Like I- I'm a child of divorce, but luckily I was two when it happened. So I just kind of grew up with it, you okay. know? So I, but I can't imagine having like grown up in the family where you're, you're seeing, you know, this kind of like tension between them. Um, obviously it doesn't necessarily lead to that, but it's, it's really interesting to see, like, like you said, their coping mechanisms and how they deal with all this. Yeah. Childhood divorce club, like virtual high five, me and you, Let's that's yeah. super exciting. <laughs> um, but my, my parents divorced a couple years after I got out of high school, actually mm-hmm. right when I was about ready to get married. So I had a very different experience than wow. you yeah, um, yeah. with that. And I, I kind of grew up. So I think this scene in particular, I was like, wow, I, I kind of like, I vaguely, I'm sure that I blacked a lot of it out, like as a coping yeah. mechanism, but I vaguely remember like taking my brothers into the room and just being like, we're, this is where we are living until this mm-hmm. is done. And, and so having to manage something like that. Um, the first church visit, um, this is really the first, first time we see, how they are assimilating to Arkansas, especially like a Ronald Reagan era Arkansas in which yeah. farmers are, are the, the kind of like holy ground of America. Um, why is your face so flat and you're so cute calling the mom cute, which is cute, but also really horrific. Like that is yeah. really terrible. Um, and them just kind of like getting ingrained. And we see here, the grandma takes the hundred dollar bill out. I wanted to call that. I thought that was really, really mm-hmm. interesting, but also really, just kind of a testament to her her personality um, yeah. and like where she stands in this dynamic of the family. Uh, I like this scene a lot. Yeah, it's really good, really powerful. Again, like definitely, you know, fish out of water kind of mm-hmm. situation of just like going to a new place. I believe Lee Isaac Chung's family moved to somewhere in Colorado, something like that. Um, but I can imagine, you know, the the welcome or the not so welcome embrace of these people was, was very similar because yeah, it's the eighties and you're a Korean family coming to America, just immigrating and trying to make your way. And it, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I just can't imagine what that would have been like and what that would have taken. So these, these scenes really kind of hit it home for us. Yeah, for real. I wanted to call one out cause I have a very specific question for you regarding this scene. It's about halfway through um, we, we realize that a major theme about this movie is finding water is kind of like mm-hmm. finding that source, um, yeah. that'll kind of make everything work, right? What is that magic thing that makes everything better? Um, and this scene when, um, the, the wife is, is washing Jacob's hair in the bath and Jacob kind of 
stops her and is basically says like, if the farm fails, you can do whatever the, ever you want. You can leave mm-hmm. with the kids if that's what you want to do. And then we get a very locked on perspective of what she is thinking at that moment in time and what Monica might be considering. How did you yeah. take this scene? Because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this might happen a lot sooner than I personally anticipated. I, th- I think she's taking this, not necessarily bait, but I think she's taking it and she is, might just run with it like right now. Yeah, I think it definitely came across that she was considering it because, again, like everyone has their best intentions for the family, but hers is more like, do we take a risk? You mm-hmm, know, like, mm-hmm. do we put our livelihood at risk on this thing that may not work out? Like, we have other human beings we're in charge of. Like, is this a thing that we can do? And so when he's like, if it, you know, you can leave, whatever, it's like, all right, maybe that's just like the safer thing to do. But, you, you know, you, you, you trust your partner, hopefully, and, you know, it, it all kind of works out as it needs to. But I definitely think she was like considering it without a doubt. Yeah. And it's really, again, that theme throughout the movie of like self-interest versus the interest of, of your family and those that you care mm-hmm. for. And and Jacob really finds himself in the middle of this, like where where does that line kind of blend, right? Like, where can you chase your dreams while also supporting your children and their future and trying to change a generational kind of break in the system? Um, lots of things like that. And and I always love, especially this movie, but I always love movies that kind of take multiple generations and put them under one house or one yeah. specific setting because yeah. then you see how everybody operates. And we haven't even talked about the relationship between David and and the grandma and how they warm up to each other and they become pivotal for one another mm-hmm. and how they survive and how they how they truly deal with everything that is going on around them. Um I just have a couple more when Jacob loses the order when when a a um a store or restaurant calls him and is like, "You know what? We're we're backing out of the order." He goes out and he kicks all of his boxes. This is really the 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 moment that we see Yeah. He's not okay with failure, and he t- he takes everything exceptionally hard. and And Paul is out there. I just want to sh- shout out Paul. This guy's an OG. Um, honestly, mm-hmm. I thought he was really weird at first, and then I was like, this guy's kind of he's kind of like maybe not the most sane among them, but like he <laughs> is like I, I don't know. He has something kind of like special ingredient about him that I really grew to like as the movie went on. Yeah, Paul. I mean, played by Will Patton. Um, you know, he's got some real interesting moves i guess or however you want to like put it in this movie like again like carrying that cross every sunday mm-hmm, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff um i'm trying to th- like think of you know he's i know he's in the recent uh halloween movies okay he's an armageddon people might recognize him i think i recognize it most from gone in 60 seconds because i think it's my favorite movie that he's in <laughs> nice. um but yeah no it's, i mean it's a great scene this feels like i'd have to go back and look at it but this almost feels like it would it would be the Stephen Young clip they show after he you know mm-hmm. they announce his name kind of thing because this is like just it's powerful stuff. I just change it like that on you. Oh, we still got some time, Jacob. But, you know, we'll find someplace else. Just, it ain't rotting on the vine. Korean people, big city, you never trust them. Well, forget for, for just forget about Dallas. We don't forget about Dallas. It's always like Oklahoma City, Memphis. We go to Mitch. I'm still paying for water. We'll take it to. Oh, it's okay. It's gonna be all right. I have to go to work. Okay? Let's go to work. It's gonna be all right. 
Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and again, like that, that overarching theme of, of faith, right? Paul finds his faith very strictly in God. The two mm-hmm. kids end up going to church. That's kind of their coping mechanism. Um, Jacob is always, always on the farm, always choosing the farm, always looking for water. Um, yeah. and, and, and then, you know, those types of situations and how, um, every single character has their own kind of thing that they, that they go to, um, the conversation at the very end after Jacob and we're, we're, we're skipping forward a ways here, but mm-hmm. you know, we can kind of, kind of fill in the blanks as we go. There's a lot of small moments that, that we're just not going to talk about. Um, yeah. the conversation where Monica and Jacob finally decide that it, that it is, it is over. Um, and I, and I, I didn't know that this was coming, but I definitely had a feeling the moment they pull into that parking lot and Jacob grabs the box of produce. And then Monica is like, what are you doing? Leave that in the car. And he's like, fine, I'll go park downstairs. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. Like that's the moment he chose the farm over anything else in his life. Um, and I knew that it, it could really only go south from that moment on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's setting it up, you know, I know this is a spoiler pop, but it's setting up for that end of the movie, you know, where he has to choose family over the farm. And I think it's a great example of that, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it it does a great job of foreshadowing and all all kinds of stuff, like what's going to happen with their relationship and their, all their family, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that conversation between them, it, it, it takes its time. It unfolds Mm -hmm. throughout, um, uh, throughout time, which I think is really impressive and really needed for a conversation like that. It's, it's heavy. It's, it, it packs in a lot. And yeah. what is so telling as well at the at the very end of that, they're both in the moment. They're both feeling um kind of what is happening. And then the shop owner comes out and is like, "Oh, you haven't left yet." And immediately Jacob flips and he goes, "He goes, no, we're just leaving right now." Like you know whatever. And again, like he chooses the farm. He could have ignored mm-hmm. him. He could have said, "Don't bother us." He could have said, you know, in in a different tone of voice. He had a lot of choices in that moment. And 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 again, he he chose the business end and the business yeah. perspective. Um, and then. And then the end of the film, really kind of the um, the final 20 minutes, the final 15 minutes, grandma sets the farm ablaze. <laughs> um, man, dude, this was intense. This is heavy. Yeah. And what I admire the most about this movie, it swells. It creeps up on you. It does mm-hmm. not hit you with the emotional kind of levity right away from the gate. It kind of leads itself into that. And and you kind of almost get seduced into this like very methodical life of them on the farm. And then things go really, really south and you get punched with this massive um, dilemma that Jacob mm-hmm. is now suffering and this family is now caught in only to find them laying on the ground all next to each other the very same way that Jacob had proposed the very first night on the farm. Mm-hmm. This shit hit me, dude. It was so good. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like it's, it's a heartbreaking scene, you know, with the farm catching on catching on fire excuse me with the grandma having suffered a stroke and not really being able to communicate then we get david mm-hmm. who has like this heart condition like oh. then running you know it's like it's just there's so many emotional beats that are hit here mm-hmm. uh it pays off so well um and leading all the way up to the end of the movie when they find the minari and realize like okay maybe we can still make this work like it it all it, it makes sense why this got nominated for best picture and why I took it for the wild card in the A24 <laughs> draft and you guys should have voted for me. Now we get it. Now I understand why you took <laughs> it for a wild card. Yeah. And and that is something that's talked about throughout the entire movie is like this farm is their fresh start. And then we kind of yeah. keep hearkening back to like the people before and the family that was there before they went broke and the guy, you know, blew out his brains. And like we get these little hints here and there of like 
this is not actually a fresh start. This is just a perceived fresh start in terms of mm-hmm. Jacob's mind. Now they actually have a fresh start. They they literally actually do with the Minari, which the grandma planted, which is just is sublime. Um, yeah. True cinema moment here. What are you going to pick, Ben? What are you going to pick? Because I need you to vamp for a second so I can figure out what I'm going to pick. <laughs> well, I don't know if I have a ton of stuff to vamp on. It's more of just like a favorite, almost like scene or clip or whatever. Yep, but yep. it's uh, uh, Jacob is digging the ditch and David's there and it's them like screaming and just like yelling. Mm, I, like, I like kind of like the primal connection that they had through that. Um, I think there's so much going on there with, you know, Jacob like trying to believe in the farm and, you know, support his family, all that kind of stuff. There's the, this movie is just like layers, man. Like it's just like so much stuff going yeah. on, which I think is fantastic. So I really enjoyed that, uh, that scene quite a bit. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I'm going to take one out of your book and I'm going off script. I'm oh, going to yeah. go with the scene in which a Korean song plays on the television and the grandma basically says, um, you know, do, do you guys remember when you got married? That this, this was your song. It made you feel all lovey-dovey, quote unquote. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm a sucker for two very specific things that happen in this scene. Number one, when the song plays and then the song continues over the next scene or the next visual bleeding into something really kind of um you know hammering home the point of like how important this song is and how important this moment is i love that but i also love and i just this is why i love la la land so much and before sunrise and all of these movies the the what could have beens the the what we did have situation mm-hmm. of of the past they had a happy marriage and it's talked about later in the movie of like do you remember we moved to america so we could make each other happy so we could do this together yeah. But we're only happy together when things are going right and we continue to fight when they're not. And this like whole juxtaposition of they're supposed to have a better life in America because Korea was so difficult, but it's turning out that America is more difficult. And, and Korea, they actually they had a song that made them feel lovey-dovey. They don't have yeah. that here. Um, so that's definitely that's definitely my pick. I had a runner-up of Paul declining the cigarettes and he goes, choo-choo-choo, and he like <laughs> declines the cigarettes. Um, <laughs> I, I love that moment. So much. So um, okay, A1X. We're only going to do one this week. We're going to keep it simple. Yeah. We're doing A24 Oscar nominees. This was nominated for six Oscars. Kind of a yeah. big deal. So we've got um, Ex Machina, Amy, Room, Moonlight, famous A24 Best Picture winner, Lady Bird, The Disaster Artist, The Lobster, The Lighthouse, 20th Century Women, Minari, The Tragedy of Macbeth. That's our short list here. It's a pretty um, short list. It's a pretty short list. But I will say Ex Machina is probably the oldest one on this list, right? I think most of these things are taking place within the last five or six years. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that sounds right. I'm pretty sure it is the, the oldest one on there. Um, yeah, yeah I think it's so. like one of the earliest movies for sure. I think so. Uh, I mean, I like Amy a lot. I think it's a great yeah. documentary if people haven't seen it. Obviously, these things are Oscar nominated, so they're good for a reason. But I'm just going to say it again. <laughs> I picked it in the draft in the Oscar nom round, so I'm going <laughs> to take it again here. Minari, I think, is the best A24 Oscar nominee they have. I love Moonlight. Let me clarify that. Mm-hmm, like, that mm-hmm. is just like one of the best movies ever in my opinion um but out of this group i'm gonna go with with minari for my a24 oscar nom what about you yeah that's pretty good um i went with ex machina for my oscar nom for the a24 draft if you haven't listened to that episode go check it out it was a couple weeks ago it's it's great it was a great time Mm -hmm. it was really really fun um 
out of this list, I love Minari, and I think Minari will get better the more that I watch it. I knew as soon as the credits rolled, I was like, cool, this is going to age like wine. Like, every yeah. time I watch this, I'm going to fall more in love with the Yi family. I'm going to fall more in love with the farm. I understand why A24 has all this merch for Minari all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get it now. I'm Moon, Moonlight's fantastic. Um, I, I think there's a lot of good ones on here. I'm, I'm going with Ladybird. That's just the one. Nice. That's just, like, the personal connection. You know, it just, like, has that extra edge where it's just like, yeah, I really fuck with that movie, and I really like yeah. that movie, and like that's that's the one I'm going with. So you know, so good. Shersha Ronan, Shersha Ronan, um, yeah, and and a young Timmy Timmy Chalamet. Uh, we got Lucas Hedges. What the hell's that guy been up to? Who knows? Yeah, where you at, man? Mid nineties. Come on, come on, Lucas. Come on, Lucas. Give it. us some stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Um, okay, a twenty four ranking, Ben, A through F. We. You gave an A plus twenty four, I believe, to eighth grade last week. I gave an A yeah, minus yeah. A minus twenty four. Now we're 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 cooking with fire again here because this is this is the big leagues, the big leagues for A twenty four. And I I feel like it would be a controversial take to give it really anything less than an A twenty four. But I guess we're gonna we're gonna find out. What are you going we're with? About to find out. <laughs> uh I, I am. I'm gonna go with a flat A twenty four. Solid. Um you know, I, I will admit, looking back on it, I think I was riding the high of Bo and everything last week with the A+. plus. Like, I mm-hmm. still stand by it, but I think it, I may have just, should have just given that an A24. Because um, I feel it's, like, the same as this. Um, but this is, it's a great movie. Like, it's a beautiful movie. I think it's an important movie. Um, and, yeah, I think anything below an A, again, for my Oscar nominee pick in the draft, um, from fellow Utah Ute, uh, Lee Isaac Chung, I have to go with an A24 for this. You gotta, you gotta like tweet at Lee Isaac Chung and just be like, yo, we're Utes, get on the pod. What's up, bro. man? Yeah, what let's up? do this. <laughs> we, come on, you're my guy. Um, Lee, what's up? Yeah, let's see. So, yeah, I went with an A minus 24 for eighth grade. I, I agree. I still stand by that. I think Bo just hits a special place sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what's the, what's the movie I watched? What did the what's the Bo Burnham one I watched? Make happy, make happy. I watched it. Um, I thought it was delightful. I thought it was hilarious. Very I meant different. To ask you about that when we started. Yeah, very curious. different than Inside. I will say that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I was. There were definitely moments where I was like, "Okay, this is really good," and then there were other moments where I was like, "Okay, this this is fine." Like I'm just I'm vibing with it. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the very end though, the very end, the auto tune Kanye West riff had me just keeled over. I was dead. Molly came. I made Molly come out and watch it with me. She nice. loved it. You sent me a couple bow clips, and I was just like, I was on it. And then that night, I texted you just so the listeners know exactly what happened. I watched Make Happy, and then I drank three beers and continued to dive into watching YouTube clips of every single song on Inside and just belting them while Molly was just on TikTok on her phone next to me. So I lived <laughs> awesome. my best life, and it was fucking it. phenomenal. <laughs> you um, had a live stream that next time. Come on, <laughs> that's, dude, Patreon of the pod right let's there. Let's Let's go. That's the money. I think I'm going with an A A24 as well, a solid cool. A24. I think when somebody's looking for a good A24 movie, this is cream of the crop, uh, no pun intended. This is the good stuff right here from yeah. A24. It sits in it. It lives and breathes exactly what the, the movie wants you to do and wants you to feel and wants you, you know, where it wants you to go. I think there's some incredible performances. Um, and I think even without the Oscar nominations and the Oscar win, I think it's if it didn't have those, it's still very easy to see this is some of the better stuff that A24 has produced. Um, this is yeah. co-produced by Plan B, I believe. It is executive produced by Brad Pitt. He has a very keen eye. His his production company has a very keen eye for co-producing very good films. So if you're ever, you know, if you ever see like a Plan B logo before something, 
just know Brad Pitt is part of that and he finds really good shit. So yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. A24. I, I think this is a great movie. I'm glad we finally covered it on the pod, Ben. This is great. Me too. Honestly, you've got my mind wandering too because you just talked about La La Land and now Brad Pitt. I mean, Babylon, dude. Damien Chazelle. Fucking Babylon. Let's go. And then you talked about Lady Bird. I'm like, I'm ready for Barbie, dude. I wish that was an A24. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm really happy that the people chose this one for us to watch. I think if I had to pick like a word for this movie, it's beautiful. Mm. But, you know, it's like it's beautiful performances. It's beautiful storytelling, beautiful, like just the visual cinematography, like everything about it is beautiful. Um, I don't know who listens to this and hasn't seen the movie we're talking about, but if you happen to fall into that, <laughs> I feel like this is a, just a super high recommend from both of us. Yeah, you know, it's, like it's a, a A24 from both of us. So yep. please check it out. I know it's on like Showtime and some other places. Um, or if you want access to my voodoo, you know, hit me up in the DMs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let us know what you thought about Minari. Um, mm-hmm. Let us know what else you want us to cover on the pod. Like we are always open to people's suggestions. Yep. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at 24 minutes of 824. Also, don't forget to sc- subscribe to us on YouTube, yeah, 24 baby. minutes of 824. You can watch us talk about stuff rather than just listen to us, get like two of those senses going. <laughs> it's um, pretty so good. Yeah, it's sure, pretty good. Yeah. Um, shout out shout out vibe kellerman who who tweets yeah. at us all the time yeah, uh yeah. tweeted us a picture of of her watching us uh on her large tv and yeah. i showed it to my wife and i was like look someone that i've never met before has my face and ben's face plastered on their tv watching my podcast um, i love it and i was kind of freaking out so shout out vibe this is incredible uh stuff to see i it's wonderful tweet us if you listen to us you should like Tag us and tweet us because yeah, we love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it I love it at ego. least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, honestly, like it's it's uh, so interesting. I mean, but before you wrap up here, we did the draft. You played that clip of like what I picked and your reaction, and it just like it meant so much to me that so many people that listen to this show like yeah. had opinions on what it was I took because I know listen so to funny. us and they know our you know our taste and all that kind of stuff. So. I mean, from the bottom of both of our hearts, I'm going to yes. speak for Ethan here, but like, Truly. thank you so much, everyone, for your support. We love when you guys tag us on Twitter or IG, whatever. Like, we love to interact with everybody. So, yeah. thank you again for the support. Please continue to do it. Um, you know, spread the word if you if you can. Exciting um, but, things coming yeah. in 2023. Stay tuned to the pod, subscribe, all that jazz. Because sure. it's getting good. We're 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 having a really cool guest on, and I, yep. you know, not to not to maybe maybe say too much, but we're having lots of very cool guests on in the near future yeah. that we are yeah. very excited about so it's it means a lot to uh, yeah. to us yeah yeah so thanks again everyone for the support um this is 24 minutes of 824 i am ben lawhorn and i've been ethan simmy spring break forever bitches 